In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for all the graces in our lives. We ask your Holy Spirit upon us on this Sunday. Help us to go closer to your love, to know your presence among us, and to find peace in it. Amen. So during the school year, the uh, Saturday evening Mass tends to be like First Communion Mass. The kids are sitting over here, usually a lot of the parents. It tends to be like kind of a, a lighter homily, sometimes even dialogue. So yesterday I was talking to the First Communion kids. I was like, all right, kids, I'm going to teach you guys a Chaldean word. So you guys can learn some Chaldean. I'm like, okay. Your Chaldean word of the day is chmatha, right? Who knows what chmatha means? And this one girl raises her hand, and she's like, love? And I'm like, Sometimes, right? Sometimes no, though. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. For those of you who don't know, Chaldean, Chamatha means mother-in-law. So it was just, a, it was hilarious, right? So the relationship between, I was just praying with uh, the day, the relationship of daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, I'm not going to get into the dynamics of it, but like, one of the biggest issues in, in my experience of people, not personal experience, right, is, is when a mother-in-law is nitpicky, right? When every little thing in your house, like, why is that pillow there? It should be like this, not like that. Mm, you need you put too much salt. Mm, your chai is too dark. It's like, thanks for coming. There's the door. We appreciate you coming. You know, like, that kind of, <clears throat> that's what can be very frustrating. Part of my throat. <clears> that's what can be very frustrating, frustrating in that relationship, the dynamic of, like, mother-in-law in any kind of household. It could be great. It could be disastrous. Usually somewhere in the middle. That's the beauty of it. But we would pray at that whole idea of being like nitpicky. And when something or somebody is nitpicky, the, the natural inclination of the human soul is to just not want to be with that person. Not even just mother-in-law. Like anybody, right? Whether it's a friend or a relative, whomever it is. If like every little thing is a thing. Every little thing is like talked about and annoyed. You're talking about this, talking about that. Like, like leave me alone. I don't like this. Like, get off my case. Why are you being such a bother? And that's what I feel like the, the Pharisees were doing with Jesus. Like, obviously, that we have to keep the Sabbath, all, all these things. And even, like, the, the, when you pray with the gospel, we enter into the gospel. Jesus is, the gospel says, Jesus is walking through the grain fields, and his disciples picked the heads of grain and then ate them. And then the Pharisees said, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Like, where did you come from? Were you following me? Were you observing me? Were you waiting for Jesus to fall and to fail so that you can, so you can get after him? Then he enters the synagogue, right? And then like, they start testing each other. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Like they're looking for problems. They're looking for issues. And Jesus is the instigator, right? Very clear. Like it's always good to heal on the Sabbath. Don't be over, over legalistic in your life. Now that can happen to us very easily. Right? Even whether it's for us as individuals or us as a church or how we talk to people in the, in the, in the world, it can be very easy where the church and like the existence of our relationship with God can be overly nitpickily focused on like sin, of what you should and shouldn't do. You can do this, you can't do that. You must do this, don't do that. That's a sin, this is a problem. And that can be even the reputation of the church kind of at, at, at large. But we really pray with like what the church is, especially during the season of the church, is, is the presence, the presence of God. Since forever, since Adam and Eve, God has wanted to be with his people. Even the, in, in Exodus, right? Moses is building this tent. He's after they leave 
Egypt after the, after the Passover. They're building this tent. Why? So that, and then it does happen, the presence of God descends upon the tent. There's a desire from God to be with his people, the presence of God. And then ultimately throughout the history of the, the Jewish people, but then finally culminating in the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ, that God is just desirous to be with his people. So he becomes incarnate in Jesus. And then, right, the, the passion, death, burial, resurrection, and then ascension of Jesus, Jesus leaves. But then there's this beautiful, from Hebrews we hear about the whole idea of an eternal covenant. Because throughout this salvation history, God has made a covenant, uh, a relationship, relationship with humanity, relationship with humanity, relationship with humanity. And then humanity fails, humanity fails, humanity fails. So then in Jesus Christ, we have the ultimate fulfillment of the covenants, of the relationship that God has built with his people in Jesus. It's an eternal covenant. Even when we say at Mass, say this is my blood, the blood of the new and eternal and everlasting covenant, this relationship that God has built with us, that God has built with us a relationship that now we get to be in the presence of God perpetually in the Eucharist. And even one step farther, <clears throat> that we get to be physically united with Jesus in the Eucharist. That's not just like God is in the tent over there, God's in the temple in Jerusalem, even just God's just in the tabernacle over there. God physically dwells, physically dwells in our bodies. We become walking tabernacles to the world that we are the presence of God because we receive the Eucharist. But then what happens? Like any relationship, it's very easy if we're not careful to get nitpicky and nitpicky and nitpicky. We have to do the right thing. We have to avoid sin. Confession is the thing that we have to obviously go to to receive God's mercy. Of course, it's a different homily for a different day. But really be careful how we do that. In a special way, if I may challenge all of you, kind of the takeaway for today's homily, is the easiest, pardon me, one of the more challenging people to forgive, one of the more challenging people to be patient with of their nitpicky, how they kind of poke and poke and poke at the sin, is ourselves because in our minds in our hearts mind we're just overthinking our lives why did I do this that decision this action I could have done that I should have done should have done that we can get overly re- reflective in our lives and, and super like consumed with ourselves to the point where like am I worthy of God's love am I worthy of God's presence am I worthy of anybody's love and that's the devil's lie because Christ didn't come to just poke and poke and poke God didn't create humanity to poke and poke and poke Obviously, there are other commandments. We have to follow them. But more importantly, it's about the presence of God. To learn to forgive yourself. To learn to let things go. You're imperfect. I'm imperfect. Welcome to humanity. But God still chose and still chooses to become part of humanity to build that relationship. Even to today. Even in this Mass. You will receive Jesus. You'll receive the presence of God the same God of the universe who is desired from all eternity to be with humanity, to be with you. Amen.